Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. A lot going on, but we have elected to do the pod regardless. Yes, very good. All right, so let me try to tell. I'm, I've been thinking about a joke here. Yeah. Okay, about Election Day. Okay. Um, why was the Japanese man with erectile dysfunction so happy about Tuesday? I am unsure. Because it was Erection Day, and it only comes once every four years. All right. <laughs> I mean, I need to polish it a little yeah, bit, but was, I got a punchline there. Yeah, that I? was good. You got you got it in. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something along the lines of, uh, you know, Nevada, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Um, I'm, you know, I'm thinking like how, you know, how Greg Schiano came in and it just looked completely different. From yeah. Big, like we need a Greg Schiano type of overhaul in their accounting. Oh, um, I mean, this is pathetic. Yeah. But, but we knew. We knew it was going to be like this. Look, it's going to drag out. I know, but what? there's no reason why we can't have these counted the day of the election. It is the year 2020, sir. It's it's just embarrassing. Yes. We just should all collectively be embarrassed that this has this doesn't get decided by roughly one o'clock in the morning Central Standard Time. And boy, what a letdown just watching the election was because yeah. it was so exciting four years ago and there was nothing exciting, not, like just yeah. nothing was happening. I just, I mean, I got tired. I have kids. I get up early. I fell asleep. Um, I fell asleep on the couch watching it. I'm yeah, like, that's it. I'm done. Yep. Had to go to bed. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So that will drag on. Um, before you get too far into um, uh, housekeeping items, I want to give a shout out to Ben Stevens with the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Oh. I did an interview yesterday and uh, very should, good. Be, should be up uh, Friday, I believe. So anyways, just want to throw that out there. Very cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, good. I, I hope you. I hope you. I've listened to some of the lockdown big time. Oh yeah, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, we've yeah. gotten to know lockdown Spartans, a couple other lockdowns. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise, and I was I was happy to be to be a part of it. Cool, man. I didn't get an invite. I, I guess not. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care about the Minnesota Illinois game. I guess. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Anything else you got? Okay. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad for sharing that right now. <laughs> okay, just a little bit of housekeeping. Okay. All Rona news, of course. So yeah. uh, the Fox Big Noon kickoff show is going to look a little different this week. This is a tweet uh, from Fox themselves. In accordance with CDC guidelines, Los Angeles County, blah, blah, blah. Basically, Rob Stone, Brady Quinn, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinert, and Urban Meyer are all going to be out. It doesn't sound like they have COVID. It's just like maybe a, like a tracing, tracing type of thing. So they're going to be replaced with Carissa Thompson, Terry Bradshaw. That's right. I just said Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, and Emmanuel Acho. Thankfully, it's getting condensed to a single hour. Yes, I think that'll be plenty because like we joked before, can't wait to listen to Terry Bradshaw break down the Iowa-Michigan State game. I'm sure he's going to have a lot of insight. Well, I think he'll probably just be breaking down the uh, Louisiana Tech game most of the <laughs> most of the show. Like that, right. Um, I mean, Acho, he's Texas, right? He's Texas. Yeah. Yep. So I, I just don't see a ton of desire out of this group. Um, pretty sure Carissa I'm a, Thompson, she was a Big Ten Network. She for was a long time. Long yeah. time. Not hard to look at. Not I hard thought. to look at, but um, I think I'm probably skipping that one this week. Yeah. It'll be a background noise type of thing, I believe. I may actually be at the gym at that point. I think that's a great plan. Yeah. Yep. Okay. One more thing. This breaking news Joe Rossi, defensive coordinator for Minnesota, has tested positive for the Rona and will not coach Saturday. And I'm going to give a shout out to Sidelines Minnesota who tweeted this. Now, I don't know who released this news initially. I, I Sorry, I just don't have the source for it. But Sidelines Minnesota on Twitter said, uh, looks like our game will be officially moved from the BTN to the Big 12 Network, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense considering the way those two defenses have performed thus lack of, far. Lack of defensive prowess. And not having your DC certainly does not help things. So way to go, Sidelines Minnesota. Um, I mean, more Rona news. It's old news, but obviously Wisconsin-Purdue also canceled. I mean, I guess that's pretty much everybody listens to this podcast probably have already known that. That's been old news. It was assumed last week, confirmed. I believe it was Monday or Tuesday this week. So, which is sad because 
that is a game that I was very much looking forward to. Yeah, that would have been interesting. And of course, now if ben, if Wisconsin misses one more game, they're and they're, they're out of the the running for the championship. Yeah, yeah. So and it'll since be since Purdue's not playing. Somebody kind of broke down, you know, their schedule. They will not play Wisconsin anymore. They already beat Iowa. Um, their path to get to Indianapolis looks very manageable at yeah. this point because they got pretty manageable crossovers too. So mm. crazy, crazy year. This is another manifestation of that craziness. Well, looking forward to seeing how the Boilermakers manage that manageable schedule. Okay. All right. Should we get in the games? Yes, sir. All right. So let's get into the games. We've got three noon games, 11 o'clock AM games, if you will. One we're going to save for later. So first one up, the 0-1 Nebraska Cornhuskers going on the road to face the 2-0 Northwestern Wildcats. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on Big Ten Network. Wildcats are favored by 3.5, over under 54.5. Looks like it's going to be warm, but a little windy in Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern. Should they be ranked? Probably, but... That's I guarantee you that's exactly where they want to be. It's not right. Yes, that is a very good point. Yeah. Even Northwestern fans would cringe to hear that they might actually be ranked. It's- like, I guarantee you Fitzy was waiting for the AP rankings. And like when he saw that they weren't on there, yes, yes. It's, yeah. It's coming out just as I And we planned. know our guy Chappie. He loves, he, as long as, the longer Northwestern can lay in the weeds, the better. That's, yeah. That's the best for that's, them. Yeah. That's their plan. So just one injury to point out, tight end Jack Stoll for Nebraska's out this game. Okay. Um, another anti-injury um, uh, to, to bring up is Omar Manning. The mercurial Omar Manning is, is on the roster and ready to play. Uh, Omar Manning went from the, the Nebraska favorite child to didn't even think he was on so, campus yeah, or with the team. They're like, ah, we didn't, sounds like we sound, didn't need the guy. Sounded like he was just gone. gone. Yeah. Well, maybe it's injury. Hey, wait, that's Omar Manning in that picture. Now Omar Manning is back and ready to go. And it looks like, you know, he's going to tear up the entire Northwestern defense. Well, it looks, it's going to be interesting to see how much playing time he gets in his yes. first game. I yes. can't imagine he's going to get a ton, but I'm thinking we'll probably see him at some point. Yeah, so with this spread and over under, this what they're uh, Vegas is saying is essentially thirty to twenty six uh, Northwestern. Um, so you know, I started looking into that, and you know, just kind of spoiler alert that that sure seemed like a lot of points uh, for a total for sure. me right when I looked at it. So I'm just you know I'm digging in like what what are they looking at? And there is a part of me that thinks okay, um, a lot of Northwestern fans that I've seen have said you know a susceptible part of their defense is getting to the edge. Okay. Uh, they, they were a little bit uh, concerned with Amir Smith, Marset getting to the edge on the jet sweep. So of course, Brian Ferentz never ran any <laughs> anyways, Nebraska, we know is going to run a ton of the jet sweeps, a ton of perimeter plays. That to me is something where I believe Nebraska could, could have some success. But then I thought to myself, but mm-hmm. They're just sitting back in a zone. Right. Who cares? And and then is it actually going in to the strength of Northwestern's defense, which, of course, is the linebackers. Where yeah. Even though I Correct. swear, I kept checking, they only have three on the field, not seven. Yeah. I, I swear it's what it seems like, and, but it's just three. And, it, you know, of course, great eye discipline from those guys, right? They do have good eye discipline. That's so are you really going to fool those guys? I don't, you know, and, and I'm just like looking around like uh, where another thing on top of it is, yes, it's good to have Omar Manning back. There is talent with the wide receivers with Nebraska. But again, yes. this is still still young, young. still young on the, so, on the talent like, side. Do I think because we've said a couple times on this podcast that the way to to get to to touch up the Northwestern defense is to just toss it over top of them. I'm not real confident that Nebraska has the receivers to go over top, and I'm not real confident that Nebraska has the quarterback arm strength to go over top. So I guess what I'm saying is I just don't see a ton of points coming from Northwestern in this game, or Nebraska in this game offensively. Not shutouts, not... You know, barely moving the ball, just not a ton of Well, points. I think that's fair. I mean, that's that's Northwestern's game. I mean, and this is the Northwestern that we were wondering if we'd see this year. Guess what? We're seeing it. So, yeah, I don't think that Northwestern's going to give up a ton of points. Um, let's point out, this is the battle of the NUs, right? Oh, that's right. So, so they, she, 
what should be the yearly uh, you have the yearly license to use the Enyo. Yes. So it, would, it would be perfect. Okay, we need to try to stick to that, whoever wins this game. Let's try to stick to that. Okay. So we got Enyo, Nebraska, coming off an idle week, essentially, right? So they that's a, they got a leg up there. But then you got the Enyo Northwestern with their swagger back. So I love this matchup this week. It's like it's perfect timing here. This is a really good matchup. Very excited to see this. But it, so it's really hard to tell who Nebraska is because they've only played Ohio State. Yeah, they looked pretty good for like a quarter and a half, two quarters, but then they got blown out. But it doesn't count because it's Ohio State. So we really don't have much I mean, to that's, go by. That is the question. Do you, is there more to put into how Nebraska looked in that first almost full, first half? I mean, it was almost a first. Yeah, the whole first half, and then. Ohio State pulled away kind of at the end, and then, yeah, they just kind of took off in the second half. I don't know. I can't, like, probably to me, I felt like I had a better grasp on Nebraska's offense, which is much improved offensive line. Yep. Um, They're going to get, they're going to have success running the ball, probably will even pop up, pop off a couple big runs. I bet you Scott Frost will have something manufactured and ready to go Mm -hmm. with a two-week, you know, off period here. To, to try to get something going really quick against uh, Northwestern so I could see something getting hit early in the game. But, you know, on the other side, the the Nebraska defense, like, I and I think that looked better, too. Yeah, like, for it, a while. Yeah, it, it did. It, but I've, I'm not as convinced on what I saw from the Nebraska defense. You know, I, I don't think Northwestern is the type of offense that's, that's going to explode. So Well, and let's talk a little bit about Northwestern's offense. Of course, Peyton Ramsey doing Peyton Ramsey things, 71% completion so far, but no game breakers. And yeah, Northwestern put up a lot of points on Maryland, but it's Maryland. And then they kind of struggled moving the ball against Iowa. So we I, we don't really know that much about their offense yet either. So I, to me, everything screams under in this game. Okay, they're also playing on that slow track that is Ryan Field, which we hear a lot of talk from Nebraska fans about that. They it really ticks them off. I mean, there's a lot of fans that bring that up. There, sure, but there's no doubt. Like, yeah, um, probably Nebraska fans are the most vocal. The other thing that you have to think about, right, when uh, Nebraska is playing at Northwestern, it's a sea of red there. So it's a good this point. Is, this is this is a rare example of no fans being in the crowd. Favors the home crowd. <laughs> and the home team. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Oh, oh, my gosh. That's yeah. hilarious. But so I keep, you know, it, I'm, it's really wearing on me that Northwestern is back. Okay. Me as well. So I keep trying to find a way for Nebraska to win this game. Well, what if this happens? What, you know, what if Wondell Robinson does blow by the, the safeties for a couple long touchdowns? What if Diedrich Mill re- really softens him up inside? When you've got Evanston or Northwestern on a roll and you're playing in Evanston, like you said, no fans, I just can't find a way in my mind to convince myself that Nebraska NU is going to win this game. So I'm going with Northwestern NU to win the game, but in a close one, 27 to 26. So I've got Nebraska NU covering and I got the under. Everything you just said, I agree with. Um, You would think I would learn. I'm apparently not going to learn. I'm sure if you talk to my parents and my older brothers, they would say I don't learn. But there's just there's something in there, there's something in my head. There's a voice in my head that says Nebraska's due, along with they did look better for almost an entire half against by far the biggest or best football team in the Big Ten in Ohio State. Like yep. I think there's something there. I'm gonna go a little bit more lower scoring. Nebraska 24, Northwestern 23. Oh, you, so you do not learn, sir. You just <laughs> so I've don't got, learn. I feel, I'll say this. I feel much better about the under total across okay. the board yeah. with this game. But if you're going to, you know, put a gun up to my head, I'm going to take Nebraska in the points and I'll take Nebraska to win the game. I know. You should see how Kurt's looking at me right now. Like, just like, like, it, like you are looking at me disappointed like how I look at my almost five-year-old when he just does something stupid. Yep. So I understand. I You should look at me like I, that. I, I apologize. I feel like I'm looking at a dumb five-year-old. Yes. Okay. I, I I deserve that. Okay. One and next game up, the one and one Michigan State Spartans at the 0-2 Iowa Hawkeyes. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on Big Ten Network. Line Hawks by six and a half over under 46.5. We have got gorgeous weather. 
in Iowa City. Boy, it'd be nice to be at this game, 71 degrees. But I digress. All right. Could you imagine being at a game 71 degrees? It's already November. We have had the we- most incredible fall weather for these football games. Almost across the board. September, October. We're into November now. It's been freaking amazing. It's no crazy. Very crazy. Yep. So a couple injuries here. Of course, we've got Imir Smith-Marset out for this game with a little drinky drinky. And then we got several Michigan State offensive linemen questionable for this game. One of them a starter and a few backups. So once again, we're seeing that Michigan State fragile offensive line getting dinged early in yeah. this season. Yeah, that's what they do. They just get hurt. Boy, it, but you know, you know what I've realized as an Illini fan is like, if you've been hurt, you're probably going to get hurt. Yeah, there's something to that. I always think of the Manning brothers. There has to be a reason that both Peyton and Eli played basically their entire career without getting hurt. Maybe they're just built like that, those two. Yeah. So. Well, we just saw Jonathan Taylor actually somewhat. That's right. It, like nicked up his ankle. I don't know that, that he's yeah. injured. He act, but it. What, what did you say? He's not a machine. He's not a machine. He's, he's a, a man. man. He's not a machine. <laughs> All right. So breaking down this game, um, I think a lot of of Hawk fans had the same reaction when they saw the line. I would have never guessed Iowa to be favored by... I mean, this started as high as eight points in some places. And suddenly when you see Vegas put a line out there like that, you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Something's you know, that's here. a good point. I sh- Like, is it pretty much... It was pretty much was at seven when it hit the street. Mm-hmm. It's only dropped down a half a point, and it has not budged. So that means Vegas is not budging that line Damn at that it. point. So, and with the over-under... Being at a very small 46 and a half, what basically Vegas is saying is 27 to 20, which sounds exactly like an Iowa-Michigan State score to me. Um, you know, and you looking at these two teams, I think it's kind of the Spider-Man meme again. You know, it is, pointing, a little bit. Pointing at each other. Um, do either one of these defenses have, well, I take that back. Simmons is an amazing linebacker for uh, Michigan State, and so you know my guys know Harvey. Yes, so they've got they've got some dudes. They on do the defense. And shout out to uh, uh, Panashuk, Panashuk, Panashuk. Yeah, he has been. He's looked great, showing out big time. Like he's looked good two weeks in a row. I mean, on I, that defense. I expected their defense to look competent, but it looks better than I thought it was going to look. It one hundred percent looks better than I thought it looked. On the you know other side of the field, the Iowa defense is looking quite a bit like the Iowa defense. Yeah, I mean they they held Northwestern to what under 300 yards, yeah. I think, last week. Yeah, but it's um, but they don't have the star power they've had in the past. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Please on that. do. Davion Nixon is all right. I, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's been playing he's well, looking like a first team All Big Ten lineman, defensive lineman right now. Yeah, that's fair. But then I don't see a great linebacker or a great defensive back. I think the linebacker crew is struggling more than anybody right now. Mm-hmm. Um, secondary is good. It's, it's good. Not, it's just not great. There's 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 flashes with it. So, anyways, both good defense. Now you switch to the not so great sides of the ball. Um, Iowa is, is just being Iowa again on offense. I think they're being less than Iowa on offense. I think so. I think I mean, that's fair. Spencer Petrus has not looked like, like I expected him to. I, no. he, he is getting rattled. He is missing throws. Yep. He just does not look comfortable. No, no. He, he's not consistent. Meanwhile, Rocky Lombardi has two 300 yard games under his belt. I know. Which I, I would have guessed he would have zero 300 games all season. Yes. Um, okay. So I. So we have officially uplifted Rocky Lombardi from a destitute Tim Tebow to yep. a poor man's Tim Tebow. Poor man's now. He's so not he poor. deserved that. He looks good. I tell you what, and we'll talk more on this team later, but I, I, I am pretty sure a high school sophomore could break down Don Brown's defense at this point. And if you've got good enough talent to throw the, the, the arm strength, to, to throw the ball – and, and Michigan State's receivers looked really good, so I, I want to make sure. Okay, so I'm transitioning from my favorite wide receiver group, Indiana, to Michigan State now. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I love far. the way these guys are playing. Don't Absolutely. I think that might be putting it out there a bunch. So not the best wide receiver group, your favorite. Under Your favorite and most underrated. Okay. All right. That makes, that makes more sense. Yes, I would agree with that way more. Um, but right now, you know, I, I, I'm not – I'm seeing feast or famine out of Rocky Lombardi. It's it's a it's a dime down the field mm-hmm. and just throws it or nowhere near anybody. What I'm yeah. thinking I'm seeing is 
if a defensive coordinator can play a little bit more zone and a little bit more hide and blitzes, I think that would affect Rocky Lombardi. I have to think that that's part of what uh, Vegas has seen with this coming out with this line. Maybe it's some of the offensive linemen that are out. Um, so you're trusting Phil Parker, maybe a little more than Donnie B. Donnie well, Brown. There's no doubt. Yeah. Do you think I'm crazy there? <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, I've All always right. said that I think Don Brown is overrated. I am way more into the Don Brown overrated camp now than I ever have been. Okay. Um, on the Iowa side of the ball, we have got to stop running into brick walls. They, they I, As much as I love me a fullback, do not get me wrong, but Scott Docterman did a great article this week, and he essentially broke down Iowa running out of 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back. Yep whether it's shotgun or whatever, and Iowa running out of the eye. And when we run out of the eye, I, we, don't, we don't run the ball well. I, I, don't, mm. I, don't, I don't know how to say it. And, and it's not going to work this week versus this Michigan State defense. You think they're still just going to lean on that uh, zone blocking scheme? Are they loosening that up a little bit? When they don't use this, when they don't incorporate the zone running scheme, and it's a little, just a little bit more modern offense, and then suddenly there's a guy out of the box, and Tyler Goodson only has one guy to beat instead of right. two and a half, or what it seems like. The running game looks good. Hmm. Now, I don't, you know, do I have confidence that Brian Ferentz is going to do that this week? No, because it's Brian Ferentz, and he's going to. Well, and so the, the flip side of that, though, is you're missing Amir Smith Marset, but it doesn't matter because you're not going to use him anyway. Well,. And and we've got a good backup for that position in Tyrone Tracy. There's still three good receivers. I know, Brandon, but so. but Peters hasn't been hitting them. He, I agree. It just hasn't been working out. So nope. I, I do think that I was going to struggle here offensively. Okay. Um, Hard to believe it wouldn't. Now you did scare me a little bit with, because I saw that line. I'm like, oh boy, I really like Michigan State. It's but now I'm thinking it's almost too obvious that I should maybe be going up, but I'm going to go with my original prediction here. I think I, I like Michigan state in this game. Okay. I like the matchup for Michigan state. Okay. I I'm going Michigan state 27 to 20 with the win, the big win and just a slight over there. Okay. We are completely opposite okay. here. Um, I am taking a page from Vegas. I've got Iowa 23, Michigan state 21, it's of course going to be a nail biter. I'm going to be sweating right in that spot, right over there in the downstairs athletic club. So, you know, I've, even though the over under is at 46 and a half, I've still got the under, but one of my favorite plays of the entire week is Michigan state. If you could get it at plus seven, that would have been awesome. But even at plus six and a half, this just doesn't seem like a Iowa 10 point or more victory for me in any capacity. Okay. All right. Next up, we have got the 1-1 Maryland Terrapins at the 0-2 Penn State Nittany Lions. Put your hand up in the air if you thought there was going to be one win out of these two teams, and it was going to be coming from Maryland. <laughs> 2.30 p.m. game on Big Ten Network line. Nittany Lions by a robust 25 over under 63. More gorgeous weather in Happy Valley. So with that line and the over-under, we're looking at a, a 45 to 20 mm -hmm. Penn State type of game. Mm -hmm. So we got a couple injuries here. Maryland running back Tayon Fleet Davis is out for this game. And of course, Penn State running back Noah Kane will not be able oh, on hey, Saturday. That's your one. I get one a that's year. Your one. And that's I your used one. it. And you used it well. And he's out for the year. Yeah. So, so that's it. That's all that's all you So you gotta you gotta figure one out before the end of this segment. Nice here. job. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't top that. I don't even know what, why, why I would try. So obviously, I mean, you look at this game, huge rivalry game. Well, from one side. <laughs> no, I have written down quasi, quasi yeah. rivalry game, at least from the Maryland side. Yeah. Boy, they tried to make that a thing last year and boy, that was over quick. Like, is oh, there gosh. ever been a game that's over in the first three possessions of the game? It was the Maryland-Penn State game last year. But you know that Lox is going to play that up again. He's going to play that angle. They want that to be their rival. Yeah, the the master psychologist Mike Loxley is going to do that. Yes, okay. yes. Right. I will look forward to that. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, can Penn State lick their wounds and get back on with life? Yeah, that's the big question here because you know they were hoping to be two and zero and in the driver's seat for the championship in the East. Instead, they're not only one and one, they're zero and two. And what do we really have to play for at this point? And one of the, so when we talked on two, three, whatever it was podcasts ago about 
star players that maybe wouldn't see the whole reason just to be sticking around and playing football this year. Oh. Pat Fryermuth was definitely one of them that popped in my head. I'm happy to report that Pat Fryermuth is still playing, you know, and thank I, God I, I'd for be that. Ner- that's all. Oh, I, I want to make sure that's known. Like I want Fryermuth to be playing as long as he possibly can. And yeah, we've talked about seeing more and more guys opt out as the season goes on. If their teams are not doing as well as they expected, I hope that doesn't happen. But, Me too. But, yep. boy, I, I mean, this if there's ever a team that was had high hopes and got them dashed very early in the season, this is it right here. Yeah. So I'm just wondering where they're at mentally. That's that's why that was the first question uh, on the on the ledger for me. So, all right, now flipping over to Maryland. Okay, I'm going to need you to, to when I say this statement, you got to have kind of like a Yogi Berra-ish, you know, feel to it, what I'm saying to you, okay? Okay. Maryland's offense only works so against. Am I am I boo boo? And you're you can be boo-boo. you're Yogi. I'm Yogi. Yeah. Okay. No. You, I'm, hey, boo boo. Isn't that right? I'm talking the the catcher, Yogi. <laughs> I thought you said Yogi Bear. I said Yogi Bear. I'm pretty sure. I missed the uh. Okay. Okay. So Yogi, Yogi Bear. This changes the the, the, the old Yankees catcher. Ch- changes the dynamic completely of what I thought I was gonna hear. Check 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 one two. Okay, started to go. Yogi right. Berra, the catcher. Yes. Flash outfielder. The uh, uh, the the often quipped and quoted Yogi Berra. Maybe if I should have said it like that, or just said Yankees catcher. Anyways, okay. Maryland's offense works especially well against bad defenses. Oh boy, does it ever? Okay, so that made sense, right? <laughs> yes. Is this a bad defense? No. Okay, so I mean, it, it that was the case last year. It it feasted on and the year bad before defenses and the year before this year. How they look versus Northwestern? Not. Not so good. How they look versus Minnesota. Really, really good. Does Penn State's defense skew more towards the Northwestern side or Minnesota? More towards the Northwestern side. And you know what? I hadn't really even thought of it. That's the original Hoosier line right there. Maybe it is. Yeah, no, it it definitely is. So, I mean, Penn State's defense is definitely better than Hoosier's defense. So, boy, I didn't think about that. But but let let me bring one thing up. Maryland's riding high. We predicted them to have zero wins. Both of us predicted zero wins. I think... Many people predict them dead last in the East below Rutgers. So they're kind of playing with house money, or as your friend calls it, it's not my money. It's the <laughs> casino's money. So how well do you do when you're playing with the house money? Yeah. I don't know. You're usually kind of loose with it, right? You usually, gam- you usually are going to take more chances, right? Yeah. Um, and I would say it helps to take chances with a better quarterback and I, you know, who is Tulia Tungavaiola? Is he the Northwestern version or the Minnesota version? My guess is it's somewhere, somewhere in between. Yeah. Okay. Um, it will be interesting to see how he looks. Does he have the ability to make that big of a difference by himself? I, it is possible, right? And, and, and if there's a sliver here and there, I think Maryland's got a good enough wide receiver crew that they can actually they score do, but, it out. Sure, but I would just wonder about their offensive line keeping go. Shaka Tony and Jason Owe away from Tolia Tagavailoa. There you go. And and that's so every now and then an offensive line just guesses right and, and yep. blocks well the, the blocking scheme. But we're going to have to have that happen a lot for Maryland to move the ball consistently. I just don't see it. So feel pretty good about this one. I got Penn State 40. Maryland 13. Now that's right on the line with the uh for for Penn State covering. So I don't feel quite as well, you good. We got 40 to 13. 40 to 13, yeah. That's 53. The the total 63. Right. So I'm saying uh Penn State's favored by 25. Oh, okay. So that's only 27. <clears throat> that one is almost dead on where they have that line to me but feel much better about the under. That's a full 10 points on the under for that game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel like things are going to kind of revert back to the mean. I think James Franklin is going to get his team ready. I have confidence he's good at that. And I think Maryland's going to kind of remember that they're Maryland and they're on the road in, in state college. So I'm going Penn state 44 Maryland 20. So that's a close cover by the Terps and that's an under. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That's an over. That's an over. All right. Ready? Next one up, we've got the O and two Minnesota Golden Gophers at the O and two Illinois Fighting Illini. Two thirty p.m. game. This is on ESPN. 
Line, Gophers by 7, over-under 62. Gorgeous weather in gorgeous Champaign, Illinois. Right now, what the vet, the odds makers are telling me is this a this is a thirty four to twenty seven game Minnesota. Yeah, zero and two, two zero and twos. Oh boy, yeah. injuries. So of course we know about Illinois. QB one Brandon Peters out with COVID. QB two Isaiah Williams out with contact tracing. Of course, you had Matt Robinson get injured in that second series last week. So doesn't look like he's probably going to play. So it's still going to be. QB4, Karan Taylor going. Of course, Doug Kramer, the starting center, also out. Contact tracing. The he, the normal guard moves to center. Backup guard, out. Contact tracing. So, but guess what? Alex Pilstrom, who filled in last week at right guard, got a scally today. Oh, good for him. I know. Yeah, for always like for a great videos. performance. is yeah. a converted tight end. He's only been playing offensive line for one year. Came in, did an admirable job. Of course, Minnesota, you got Curtis Dunlap Jr. and Daniel Falele out for the season. Yeah. So, lots of th- this is a tough one. This game, like we, it, you got, there's just so much. There's just so much going on. I don't know what to right. say. Like, there's a lot going on, and we we mentioned before Joe Rossi, yeah. defensive coordinator, is not going to be there for for. So they got Minnesota. a co- already. They got a, a co defensive coordinator. So it's true. And I, I'll be honest with you, unaware of how often or ever he's called plays defensive plays in his career. So that's but how hard is it? I'll say, let me, let me, how, how hard would it be to call plays better than what they've looked the first two weeks? Okay. So what, I guess like, not that hard. Well, right. So, I mean, I'm agreeing with you, but I mean, every, every year, you know, every, every football team, there's typically just something that attaches itself to that team. And, and that's just what you think of for the rest of the year. Sure. Right now, until I see different, when I think of the Gophers right now, I just think, oh gosh, how bad is that defense? Well, He's, I think we're going to find out. I mean, they're going against a QB4. Okay. So if you can't slow battler, these guys down. A battler QB4. A battler QB4 that he got his yards versus Purdue. Yeah. Okay. So right now, who's got a better defense, Purdue or Minnesota? Uh, Purdue. But he, he moved the ball. Yeah, and so it's going to come down to it. So he did some really good things. Taylor, he did that with no reps. Think about that. He literally probably took zero reps going into that game as a four-stringer and still looked competent. Yes, he made four huge mistakes. So if he can cut down on those, instead of four, maybe one, that's going to be huge in this game. But the Illinois D, I mean, they're not that great either. They can't stop anything through the air. The Minnesota and- D can't stop anything. Anyway, air, ground, sea, you name it. They're not stopping it. And Rashad Bateman is Agent Zero, still out there catching balls. Chris Ottman-Bell, C to the A to the B, he's still out there. Tanner Morgan's still out there. Okay. Ibrahim is like, this is still a very good offense. It's still a very good offense, but I'm wondering what their offensive philosophy is going to be because obviously you can get uh, yards through the air, but I wouldn't abandon the run game. No. You got it. I would. I would. I think you should still go with a balanced attack. If I mean, Mo Ibrahim is the best running back in the Big Ten right he, now. He is. Do you know he's only five eight? Five eight. Well, that's what I heard Ryan Burns from twenty four seven. Wow. Say I mean, I week. knew he was bowling ball ish. I didn't know. It was and that he's two oh five. I mean, that's a true bowling ball right that, there. That really is. five eight two oh five. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of confidence that Minnesota's going to move the ball. I, I have almost as much confidence that Illinois is going to move the ball until I see something different from the Minnesota back seven and really the entire Minnesota defense. Yeah, yeah, and Karan Taylor, he's an athletic guy. I hope they, I really hope they take advantage of his legs in this game. I mean, he he really needs to improve his decision making there, but he's got the ability to do it. I want to see them going full AJ Bush like two years ago. Yeah, um, I mean, what? For uh, uh, Illinois to win this game, okay, does it need to be back to the Illinois turnover situation? Well, that's a good question. They haven't been doing that this year. That's what I'm saying. We just haven't seen it. I mean, okay, because that's going to help because this is going to be a track meet, right? I mean, everything points to track meet here. And and since I said that, it's probably going to be 7-6 final. But I just think it's going to – who can outscore who? And to me, that's, that's Minnesota. Illinois is behind the eight ball here, unless they get those turnovers. I think pretty much this is a lot like Maryland, Minnesota last week. Yeah. And and I don't mean to just apply it blankly like that, because I think that's kind of lazy, but I just see similarities. So 
kind of how last week where I said, I just don't think Minnesota is going to be able to score enough points to outscore the spread. Now, that was a much bigger spread. I still think this applies because I think Illinois is a little bit better than Maryland. So I've got Minnesota winning the game. So I got 34 to 31, which I think sometimes people might think that's not even enough points, right? Because that's sure. that is a slight over. But there's something with I thought the over would be more, I guess, is what I'm saying. So when I saw it 62, it's down to 61 and a half in some spots. So there's something with that. So I, I'd be careful of that over-under, but I do feel a little bit better about the uh, the fighting line I catch in, catching a touchdown. Okay, we're almost right on. I've got Minnesota winning this game 35 to 31, which wow. is also an over. We were one point apart. Yeah, there. I just don't think Illinois can outscore Minnesota. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, we got one evening game the one and one Rutgers Scarlet Knights at the two and zero number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. This is a six thirty p.m. game on Big Ten Network. The Buckeyes are favored by thirty seven and a half over under sixty five. We got gorgeous weather in the horseshoe. Um, yeah, go ahead. Couple, actually, just one injury here. So we saw Ohio State cornerback Cam Brown go down last week against Penn State. He's got an ACL out for the year that too bad that sucks yep but nothing on the Rutgers side um so gorgeous weather for the horseshoe um it's almost like you know what gosh why would they put Rutgers in the night game in the night window what oh I think it might be because there's a couple eyeballs getting taken to the Ohio State Buckeyes that I'm just saying it's a little curious that this is the night game I'm pretty excited that Rutgers gets a night game so do you think the the renewed Rutgers feeling is part of the reason why this is a night game. Five percent of the reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me good. take a sip of my Scarlet Kool Aid here. It's good stuff. All right. Yes, it's five percent of the reason. Okay, so you know what? Let's stay on Rutgers. Um, one hundred percent. Again, we are singing the praises of Greg Schiano. The the poop is in a group, almost officially here. They look a lot better. Okay, have I said a good enough? Enough good things to now rain on the parade a little bit. Yeah, the offense does not look good. No, I mean that offensive line is the weakest link on that entire team, and and it shows. Like it's, it does. It's it's not going well. Offensively I mean, they, for they them. started out pretty well against Indiana, but it didn't take long for Indiana to start clamping down on defense. So it's going to take even less time, I believe, for Ohio State to clamp down uh, on the Rutgers offense. Um, on the other side of things, when Ohio State has the ball. The crazy thing is, I think Ohio State is maybe still figuring things out a little bit, as crazy as that sounds. You think so, huh? Mostly what I'm going off of is J.K. Dobbins, and I, yeah, I brought him up again. He, it was, he was just such a, he, he popped big plays in the running game, and he provided big plays in the passing yeah. game yeah, as well. Yeah, he did. I still think they're adjusting to how this offense goes, which I think, again, it's it's a master Teague getting them into a manageable second and five. Okay. Because I think before JK Dobbins had them in second and one, or it was another first down. That's how explosive. I mean, you sure. the, the, the yards per carry of JK Dobbins last year was, you know, off the charts. So that's kind of what they're still adjusting to. But I think Ryan day and Justin Fields are two pretty good guys to be able to figure out how to adjust to a little bit different style offense from the year before. And I think they're just going to keep getting better and better. All right. Here's what I think is going to happen. So we know Rutgers has come a long way since last year. I, I really like how their defensive line looks. I mean, I think that's probably the most improved part of their team. Maybe that a quarterback it's probably, it's really close. So I think for a while, the Rutgers defensive line is going to okay. hang in there and the yeah. defense is going to keep them in it for yes. a little while. I think, yes, the offensive line is weak, but I think they're going to at least look competent and move the ball a little bit. And then I think the second quarter is going to start. <laughs> you didn't spit out any Kool-Aid over there, did you? No, okay. no. That is actually, and maybe even a quarter and a half. Maybe. Maybe. Eh, boy, yeah, I well. don't know. I think the second quarter is going to look ugly. I think the third quarter is going to look ugly. Okay. And then it just depends when they take their foot off the gas, meaning Ohio State. Okay. You go first, because I'm really kind of excited what you're going to predict for a score here. So I'm going with, you know, an easy victory from Ohio State. I'm going with 49 to 10. So they're covering the spread. 
<laughs> but going under on the total. All right, this is crazy. That's almost two. We're two. We're one point off. Almost dead on. Ohio State's defense looked better and better. I know they had a loss. They're going to be fine. I have Ohio State 49, Rutgers 9. Wow. You and you have 49-10. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So you got three field goals, huh? Three field goals. Yeah. Ooh, we're going to be taking some shots. Um, well, it's for Maryland. I mean, we can do it for Rutgers, too. Why not? Oh, yeah. My bad. Why the thinking, hell not? Yeah, yeah. We can do it for Rutgers. <laughs> but it, this is, and it's yours, too, you know. At forty nine to nine, my total is fifty eight. That's quite a bit under the yeah. over under. That's one of my best plays on the board this week is the under in this game. Yeah, I like it a lot as well. All right, that brings us to the the one and one number twenty three ranked Michigan Wolverines traveling to take on the 2 and 0 number 13 ranked Indiana Hoosiers this is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on FS1 Lion Wolverines still favored by three and a half over under 54.5 we have got some gorgeous water in Bloomington yeah how about this game of the week but it's at 11 a.m. how do you feel about that don't like it that it would be nice if this was the night game I guess I I think this has more of the night game feel. It does to me. So injuries. I mean, I guess this is when you're looking at a night game, you are expecting to be uh, entertained deeper into the game. Yeah, for sure. Which game do we think we're going to be entertained deeper into the game? I mean, this. I think this is going to be a great match. I think so too. I mean, how about it? The Hoosiers in a ranked versus ranked contest. Yeah. How often do they get to say that? And they're the higher ranked team. And. And even and even though they are the higher ranked team, they're still not favored. Still not by, favored. By, yeah. But injuries, none, no majors to report for this game. Oh, I've got an injury to report. Let's hear it. Our eyeballs by the uniforms that the Hoosiers are going to be wearing. Oh, I didn't see them. Yeah, it's maybe I'll see them and feel different. But this is like a this well, is like a camouflage. Oh thing. gosh, I did see that. Oh, yeah. it looks awful. Oh man, I. I there are you sure we, lo- we, Hold we on. love our Hoosier listeners, right? We do, yeah. but I, I, I don't, I don't like what they're doing here. Wait, are you sure that's for this game? I am ninety nine percent sure. I yes. thought that was for a later game this year, but okay. Oh, all boy. right. If it's if it's not this game, I mean, basically, you're going to hear the same thing. <laughs> you know, here I hope to God they don't come out in their their candy striped helmets too, the chrome <laughs> ones. Could you imagine that? That would be so much going on. That would yeah. rival the Gators. Yeah. It's, when uh, they wore those like gator skin uniforms, I mean, I, I, that were we won't horrible. say the name of the guy reporting it, but yeah. oh boy, that's official, right? For yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. boy, <laughs> are, are you literally looking at your sheet and thinking about changing the score because of the uniforms? Well, <laughs> I'm just. I guess I'm glad this is not the night game anymore. I just changed my mind on that one. It's <laughs> a good point. You, many of you probably have no idea what the heck we're talking about right now, but by 11.02 a.m. Central Standard Time, if you're watching the Michigan-Nebraska or Michigan-Indiana game, you're going to know what we're talking about. We love our Hoosier fans and listeners, right? Yeah. We, this has been one of our favorite teams to talk about. Yes. Oh, yeah. But I'm sorry, guys. Like, it doesn't seem like it's, this is a good idea. I don't know what to tell you. Especially so. in this game. Come on, man. Like, you, you're you looking for a big upset here. You're hoping this is like another monumental game for the program that you can put pictures up in the football facility like you're going to do with the Penn State game. And if you win it, you're going to have those uniforms and, for and, posterity? And the funny thing is, you bringing that up, when I was watching Indiana last week, and it happens multiple times. I see their home uniforms. I'm like, those are sharp. They're pretty sharp, right? I, I think nice pre- and clean. I think Crisp. they are. Anyways, well, we've already talked trash about Indiana. Let's switch to Michigan here. So, um, Hayden Fry, right? Coach I played for. Yes. He used to always say, son, you got to want to. If you don't want to, talent don't mean nothing. That's kind of what I'm getting from the Michigan Wolverines right now. Yeah, because you look back at that Minnesota game, it doesn't look like as big of a victory. And then they just kind of looked so, I mean, my word for that game against Michigan State was meh. It just looked meh. And, and and they know they know they're not winning the East. What are they playing for? Yeah, it's a good point too. And like I don't know, I I have confidence that James Franklin can kind of get Penn State on the right page. I have a little less confidence that Harbaugh can get the Wolverines on the right page. I agree. Um, but then you know you look deeper into it because I think typically coaches will skew towards saying. You know, the psyche and the, the you know, the fired up if that's a word, 
of the team is overrated. They're really going to look more at, you know, the Jimmys and Joes and the X's and O's. I'll be honest with you. I got questions there with Michigan as well. Like I'm, I'm looking at the Michigan defense right now and their back seven is not very good. Right. But I think, and and their D lines underplaying too. Well, they may be underplaying, but I, See, I think that's the matchup here is the Michigan D line versus the Indiana O line. I okay. think that's where Michigan can do some damage to Indiana. I disagree. Really? I I thought they very well underperformed versus yeah, that I, Michigan State offensive no, line. No, they last did. Week. They underperformed. I mean, Quiddy Pay has been Yeah, and what, name Hutch- the Quiddy Pay and Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson and- hasn't looked great. What's going but on? But they're good players. They're going to come Absolutely, around. I think they're good players. That's why I'm using the surprise voice here because I, mm. I can't believe where they're at and, and I know we've already trash talked them once but what you doing Donnie like get out of the man demand play some it. zone let your athletes keep the ball in front of them and attack you got to switch it up you can't it's but I great that you have a good fastball everybody loves a power pitcher you, you can't consistently get guys out at the major league level just throwing fastballs. you got to switch it up. I just don't see Indiana being the team that he's going to switch it up against. No, I don't he, either. Because he's going to say, no, we got better athletes. Our athlete's going to be better than their athlete. We're going man-to-man, and we're not coming out of it. And if we're down, we're still sticking with it. And, and, and if you want to know, fans, like what these coaches are thinking, like why does Don Brown keep doing that? Kurt just nailed it. That's how stubborn these old dudes yeah. are. They're, they're just they're like, we need to do what we're doing. Except do it better. I quote my high school. I think school. Brian Fer- Brian Ferentz and Don Brown. They're the Spider-Man. They're the Spider-Man. At each other. But I quote my high school defensive coordinator. If they beat us in our base, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> he literally said that one time in a meeting. That's... And I remember looking at a buddy of mine like, really? That This is our coach? He The exact words. Well, I tell you what. You better win in your base then. Yeah. You're kind of putting all the chips in the center of the table. Okay, so um, on the other side, um, you know, Indiana is – right now I feel like the defense has impressed me more than the offense has. Defensive line looks good. I love Mike McFadden. The cornerbacks are the two most underrated cornerbacks in this conference, yep. Taiwan Mullen and Reese Taylor. Taiwan Mullen has been great from day one. Reese Taylor's really coming into his own. I love the matchup with IU's corners against Michigan's wide receivers. <sighs> okay. Yes, everything you just said, I agree. Um, and then on the Michigan offense side of the ball, I I really do like what Big Joe is doing. We got to come up with a nickname. I feel like yeah, but, like, yeah. Let's work on that. Yeah. Let's workshop he, Joe Milton. He, let's work on it. He he's got a he's got an arm, dude. He's got an arm, and, and, and he can move. He, he can. can move. He's not fast, he's not but he's mobile. he's not like he's not known for mobile, but he's fine. He's kind of you know what he's kind of like. He's kind of like Juice Williams mobile because okay. Juice wasn't fast, okay. but he was powerful yeah. and he was he was fast enough. And you mixed in the power with it. I mean, I got to feel like I need to come up with a quarterback that he reminds me of. I, I really like this guy there. And, and it was his talent th- there. And there's speed that I've seen, you know, and, and, and yes, like the like um, uh, Captain America, Chris Evans. I, I, I like him. Charbonnet's fine. You know, I, I think the, I like Haskins most of the. Of the running backs. Sure. And he that and I kind like kind of what I was getting at is like they have a strong base of running backs, but then they got speed that's out there. So well Blake like, Corum and Corum, they're working you. in AJ Henning a little more, yeah. the wide receiver. I want to see more out of him because those two are blazers. Yeah. And that's what I've been waiting for yeah. for Michigan to get on offense. So I'd like to see them take advantage of that. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. All right. Um so I'm just really curious about I use offense here because it's been kind of like they were kind of sleepwalking against Rutgers for a while, but then they kind of caught a spark. They looked terrible against Penn State for much of the game, but then they looked great offensively at the end of the game. They already got over that big boy hump of beating the the helmet school. Can they do it again? I think yes. In fact, here's what I'm calling for. I'm I'm saying they're going to win another one. They're going to beat Michigan 27-26 to 26 on a field goal by Charles Campbell at the last second of the like game, it. last play of the game. 27-26, to 26, which is a slight under and a big cover by the IU Hoosiers. Hey, the uh, first time uh, Indiana beats one of the big three, they got Penn State, did that, got ranked, another big one, won a game as a ranked team, another one, 
Why not add Michigan beating another big three to it, right? All of these things line up well. But I just cannot shake the history, man. There's just I blame you. There's something there. And I'll be honest with you, nudge me an hour after we record this podcast. I might flip back to your side, but I just I have this history, Big Ten sure. history in my head. I got to see it first. I got to see it. And I get it. I, and I think this is a perfect spot for Jim Harbaugh to just, this is, this is, he is good at re redoing the, the troops and, and rewiring their heads. And then suddenly they come out and they're like, Oh God, Michigan looks better this week. That's what I think we're going to see. So I've got Michigan 28, Indiana 21. So quite a bit under with that. And that's what I got. And I apologize to all Hoosier fans out there for jinxing you. No, I think they're different. I I think they want to hear the good feels. They want to they want to hear the good as much good stuff as they can while things are looking good. Here's my fear: Indiana wins the game, and then Michigan and Penn State both go, "Eh, but it was that weird COVID year yeah, that you beat us." Yeah, I know what you're. So I feel like, you know, either I'm going to jinx really Indiana or it's not going to matter anyway. That's a really good call. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry, All right. Hoosier fans, for ruining your day. If this podcast was choppy, it was entirely my fault. Um, sorry, Kurt. And sorry to the listeners. I feel bad. Sorry, I, I, I was not my A game. I had my second cup of coffee. I normally only drink one cup. I had to have a second one in the afternoon, and I'm like, boom, I'm wired right now. You're like uh, Kramer in the when he had the chicken coop in his room. He's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the red nightmare. The red nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.